The deadline is less than a week away. So should the Yankees buy or sell? You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. I'm Stacey Gotsoulias, and with me, as always, is my producer, Steve Granato. Steve, what is going on? Oh, the Yankees coming off of a win last night, Stacey. We're riding high here on Locked On Yankees. Hey, thanks so much for checking out the show. Of course, coming up on today's show, look, this is a stressful time of year for baseball fans. We're going to take a break from baseball a little bit later. That's later on in the show. Don't worry. We still got plenty of baseball stuff for you. Of course, we do have a recap of last night's win over the Mets to split the season series against the New York rivals, two and two. First, Stacey, we've been teasing this episode for a few days now, probably like a week, right? We've been talking about this. Yeah. It's decision time. We are five days from the deadline as of this recording. Five days couple of deals have gone down. The Red Sox sent Kike to L.A. again. Um, and Rosario is also on his way to L.A. Yeah. Things are moving. They're slightly starting to move. And again, it's decision time. We are going to debate. Should they be buyers or should they be sellers? Stacy, welcome to the Locked On courtroom. <laughs> your opening remarks and your argument is to be made within three minutes. I will have a timer that I didn't set up because I'm an idiot. <laughs> oh boy. I have now it I'm, all, I'm all stressed yeah. out now. I'm like, oh, oh this oh, this is big time. This is big I, time. I haven't done anything. It doesn't like get bigger than the locked on courtroom. <laughs> yeah. Stacy, you will have three minutes to plead your case of why the Yankees should be sellers. You will have three uninterrupted minutes. Hope Once your argument is complete, mm -hmm. I will have three uninterrupted minutes to plead the case that the Yankees should be buyers. Do you understand the rules? I understand the rules. <laughs> kung, kung. Here we go. <laughs> Stacy. you have three minutes on the clock. Are you ready? I'm ready. It is time to make the case that the Yankees should be sellers in three, two, one, go. Okay. The Yankees should be sellers at this deadline because it feels very similar to the 2016 team. Maybe good enough to make the playoffs, but maybe not good enough to make the playoffs. And I feel like they shouldn't waste their time trying to buy and fix this team when they've basically been a middling team for over a year now, if you count the second half of 2022 and into this part of 2023. This seems to be the team that the Yankees are. There's just no getting around it. I don't believe that Aaron Judge coming back is going to save this team or this season. Him alone is not going to save the team. I feel like they need to go back to the drawing board. Not blow up completely, but they need to do something to change the makeup of this team. Yankee fans are sick of middling teams that the Yankees have had for years now. Yes, it's great. They make the playoffs every year or almost every year, but Yankee fans want to win. They haven't been in a World Series since Steve's favorite year of 2009. And... It's getting to the point now where their drought is as long as the 80s drought from 78 
into the 90s. And Yankee fans don't want to deal with this anymore. And they put Band-Aids on wounds that they should be covering with giant bandages. And they need to blow it up slightly, start over again, but do it quickly because you can't waste Aaron Judge's prime because he's over 30 now and he's getting toward the latter part of his career. Or Garrett Cole, you signed that man to be your ace. You signed him to lead this team to the promised land, but you're not surrounding them with enough good players to do that. So I feel like they need to one minute sell. Okay. The free agency class this offseason, aside from Shohei Otani, isn't really anything to write home about. And if Cashman is forced to sell at this deadline, it might actually be better for the Yankees and their fans in the long run because he won't spend free agency money on mediocre dudes instead of getting good dudes when he has the chance to. So I feel like the selling would be better for them. And I know people will be looking at the record. They're still over 500. They still have time to turn things around. But I think for the future of the team, it might be better for them to sell. You have 20 more seconds if you would like to make any more arguments. Um, I still don't think they should trade Glaber, though. <laughs> like, I know I said I want them to blow things up, but I still feel like they don't need to trade Glaber. But there's some things that they need to move around just to fix the team and get it ready for 2024. Just start over again and look to 2024. All right. Your time is up. And that's the first time I've heard my timer alarm go off on my phone. I didn't know that was the sound. All right, Stacey. Um, okay. The court has heard your arguments on why the Yankees should be sellers. Mm -hmm. It is now my time to plead the case for the Yankees to be buyers at the 2023 deadline. And my time starts three minutes on the clock in three, two, one, go. Your Honor and ladies and gentlemen of the jury, Thank you so much for coming today. I believe the New York Yankees should buy at the 2023 trade deadline for a couple of reasons. Namely, that the Yankees have been waiting basically all season to have their full rotation. And guess what time it is when it comes to August? The Yankees are set to have basically their full rotation. Carlos Rodon is here. He pitched well last night and looks to build off of that success. Garrett Cole has been great basically all season. Nestor Cortez has been feeling good during his rehab stints, has been recovering well, and is slated to return in the first week of August. Clark Schmidt has pitched well recently, over the last month or so, and you have four-fifths of a decent rotation to good rotation at this point. And I think that's enough to have faith in this team. When you're talking about the postseason in baseball, there are two things that are crucial to success. One, pitching. Everyone knows that pitching is 100% the biggest thing when it comes to the postseason. And two, being hot at the right time. The Yankees have the rotation coming back, their bullpen, which has faltered recently, but as a whole has been excellent and now have Andy Pettit in their ears, who is a legend at this point, right? The Yankees are 54 and 48 on the season. A lot of teams would kill to be six games over 500. The Yankees could lose the next two series and be swept at the hands of their rivals in the AL East and still have a 500 record. 
That is incredible. And they're not going to be swept over the next two days. The third wild card spot is very much up for grabs at this point because that's what you're gunning for. You're not trying to win the East. You're not trying to get that first round by. You're not trying to get anything more than the third wild card spot, which is 100% still available at this point. You have health on this team. Aaron Judge is coming back. Maybe even this weekend, you'll have Aaron Judge on the field. Frankie Montas could still be back this season. Loisica is on his way back. Look, you have a tough schedule. I get that. But if you buy for this team, that makes it that much sweeter. If the postseason started today and the Yankees snuck into that third spot, the first round of the wild card would be in Houston, Texas. And how sweet would it be that this team that was middling all year long, still just a couple of games over five, waiting for everybody to get healthy, knocked out the Houston Astros in the wild card on the road that makes it all the worth the while to go in on the 2023 yankees i rest my case <laughs> all right the two cases have been said uh stacy any closing remarks uh no I don't have any closing remarks. I I haven't done anything like this literally since high school, my high school law <laughs> class. But I did win my case, by the way, back then. Well, let us know down Shockingly. below here on YouTube. <laughs> did Stacy win their case or did I win my case? Uh, <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? Who won? Uh, did, was I at least like rousing? Did I at least like get you? Yes. Like, yes. I like, was all like, oh, just some hey. music, some music in the background <laughs> yeah. to get you going. Yeah. Let us know how you're feeling about that down below. Should they be buyers? Should they be sellers? Of course, we are also going live on deadline day here on our YouTube channel. So our audio folks, make sure to jump on over to our YouTube side. We are going live for the final hour of the trade deadline and a little bit over as well because, you know, deals still take time to come out. So we will be going live, answering a bunch of questions and giving you all the news that is happening at the trade deadline this season. Again, that's on our YouTube channel. You can drop your questions for Fan Mail Friday. That's tomorrow's episode down below here on YouTube. There's a pinned comment and all you gotta do is respond to that with your question. If you wanna skip that line, join our subtext. You guys already know about that. You get one-on-one -on -one text conversations with Stacy and me and of course a bunch of other perks all the details in that episode description. All right, we got to talk about the Mets game, the finale from last night when we come back. Picking up burgers and hot dogs for a summer barbecue? You know you're already doing it, so why not get cash back with Ibotta? Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods, so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and you get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 per year. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too, like Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering Locked On Yankees listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code MLB when you register. Download the free Ibotta app in the App Store or in Google Play and use code MLB. That's Ibotta in the Google Play Store or App Store and use code MLB.
back now on Locked On Yankees. Hey, don't forget, the Yankees are in Baltimore this weekend after an off day today, so you can catch that game on SiriusXM, just like every game this season. Just search for the SiriusXM app and search for Yankees. Of course, coming up on tomorrow's show, you guys already know it's Fan Mail Friday. The Everydayers are all about that, so drop your questions down below to that pinned comment, and of course, if you're a subtexter, you get priority per usual. Stacy, last night's victory, 3-1 to one over the Mets. Was it the prettiest? No. Did they come out on top? Yes. So now we got to talk about Carlos Rodon. We were talking about it on yesterday's show. Got us not a standing ovation, but got an ovation on his way out after five and two thirds of one run baseball. Yeah. I mean, you know, I would have liked for the six. He was almost there. I was very excited that he, you know, did as well as he did. Only one run. Um, he was fired up. You know, people were calling for John Boy to read his lips. We all know what he said. He said the F word because he gets fired up when he's pitching. And it's really funny. Michael Kay made a joke about, I don't read lips well, but I wonder what he said. <laughs> he was like really pumped up after, uh, who did he strike out? Was it Alonzo? I can't remember who it was, but he was really pumped yeah. up after that. Yeah, the three sliders um, in a row. Yeah. 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 And that, that was great. I mean, some of his pitches looked really good last night. Like this was the kind of outing that you needed from him. You know, he was, a, he had a little bit of trouble in the first, it took 25 pitches to get out of the first inning, which is why he only lasted five and two third. But this is as good as uh, we had hoped for when we spoke about what we wanted him to do in this game. So I'm happy with it and uh, good for him. He came in and after what happened in Anaheim, <laughs> rebounded and behaved himself and got a nice ovation. Some people were standing for him. I saw it. It was it was good. Yeah, um, I, I thought it was an interesting decision to put them back, put him back out there for the sixth. Mm. Clearly worked out just fine. Yeah. I didn't think yeah. he would come back out for the sixth. He was at like 85 pitches or something to that effect. Got two quick outs uh, and then gave up uh, a, a base runner there and that. You know, he, they didn't want him to face the lefties there. There was a couple lefties in a row. So that was the right decision to pull him at that point. Again, I was just yeah. a little, I wasn't like, oh, he should not be out there. I was just like, oh, right. I thought that was a good ending point. It felt natural, but they put him out there, yeah. got two more outs. So it ended up working out, obviously. He worked out of a couple of jams, uh, didn't have ace ace stuff, but he definitely worked through it. Uh, thought it was an interesting, interesting decision to go to a third slider. There yeah. on Pete Alonso, I thought he would try to sneak a backdoor fastball or rush it upstairs since he has the speed to do it. Um, mm -hmm. But obviously it all worked out. It all worked out. Uh, the offense yeah. gave him just enough, just enough. Three runs last night. Uh, Peraza, the fielder's choice with the bases loaded in the second inning. IKF, a, I'm not calling it a sack fly for him. That's a, that's a run scored for Harrison Bader. Your, your thoughts on that decision to tag there? I thought it was an insane idea. Yes. I, I, yes, <laughs> I, I wasn't. Mm, yeah, I mean, he got in, which was great. But, you know, it felt like another one of those. Why are you doing this moves that they tend to do sometimes? But it paid off. And uh, what a great slide by him on that play. It was all the slide, 100% the slide. It, was it a really was. Throw. It was a nice yeah. play, and he just beat it. Just, I mean, just barely beat it. Uh, yeah. The tag was was not on the hands. It was on the chest, and that ended up being uh, enough there for Harrison Bader. Uh, I love aggression. Let me just go ahead and flat out say that. I, I love aggressive base running. I've always been a fan of aggressive base running. That one was a little much for me. It was a little much. For me. I was like, yo, where are you going? 
Uh, yeah. But it worked out. Hey, it worked out. Um, and then Anthony Volpe with the RBI single uh, was able to to put one into right field against a, a slight shift uh, in the fourth inning. And that's pretty much all she wrote. Stacy, that Volpe RBI single, the only hit with runners in scoring position. We detailed that on yesterday's show. The struggles in those scenarios. Yankees went one for 11 last night uh, yeah. with runners in scoring position. Started in the first, too. I mean, they had an opportunity in the first to do something. They didn't do anything. Um, just, yeah. just it felt like. At that point, it felt like it was going to be one of those games after the first. I thought to myself, oh, no, not again. Um, <laughs> thank God it didn't. Three was just enough. Uh, Rodon pitched well enough to make it so three was enough. Thank goodness. Um, I liked what I saw out of Volpe, actually. Uh, between the um, the RBI single and the making it to second on that one play. Like I love his base running and I wish he would, you know, I wish he would get on base more. So he'd, you know, steal and do things because he's the type of player who's going to uh, produce runs and, you know, or manufacture them. And I just wish he would get on base more so we could see that. I mean, it'll come eventually because he's one of those guys. He's, he's going to make it fun to watch the Yankees again at some point when things start clicking for everyone and then he starts clicking because all this stuff is contagious when the guys don't hit they all don't hit together but then when they do hit they all hit together so at some point things will pick up for everyone and it'll be fun at some point I hope you know Maybe. what I thought about while watching last night's game he's playing he hasn't been hurt right he just keeps playing. Like, it's kind of yeah. incredible that he hasn't had any knock on wood injuries here. Like, that's like almost unheard of at this point, right? Like, it's like everybody's yeah. hurt at some point uh, in today's game. Um, Yankees just lack the big hit, man. They've just been lacking the big hit for a while now. Uh, uh -huh. Like what I saw out of the bullpen, King, Peralta, Canely, Holmes, three and a yeah, third. Canely looked a lot better. Balls. Yeah, Basically, Canely yeah. looked better. Um, Holmes had some nasty pitches in that ninth inning. Um, Got some help from the home plate ump on a couple of them, a couple of the oh, inside pitches. Umpiring the last two games. Sheesh. Yikes. That was a, um, it's been tough strike zones. Tough strike zones. Yeah. It's it's all around baseball, though. I feel like the umpiring is getting worse. It's just, I don't know what's going on. Maybe they know that the automatic strike zone is coming, but I don't know. Something's going on there. But the bullpen, you know, they were asked to do three and a third, and it was scoreless, no hits, no walks, yeah. which is also very good, the four strikeouts. And um, I feel like the bullpen is kind of – being more like themselves lately minus Marinaccio last night, but the other guys are doing well. Stacy, the Yankees split the set. They win game two, three to one. And unfortunately I think it's time for us to face the music. <laughs> Let's take a look back at our show from the other day. Do we have our, to? Bold, our bold predictions? <laughs> Stacy bold predictions for this series. Do you have them for the subway sets? The Yankees are going to hit three home runs off Verlander. Ooh, that's big. That's big. How bold do I want to be? Because something hit my brain and I'm going, that's too bold, Steve. No, you can never be too bold. Well, see, I'm also behind in the standings. Rizzo homers in both games. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> this this was our worst one. This was our Look, worst one. I meant I meant the Mets were gonna hit three off Domingo Herman. I was Vito. right with the three nope. home runs. <laughs> nope, 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 not even close. I think we take a big fat L on this one. Yeah, that's a big fat L for both of us. Yeah, no points. You still lead in the standings. You still got a half a point lead. 
thanks to your previous previous bold prediction which I my severino know. pick yeah oh, the sevy the sevy in anaheim that's right that's yep. right oh <laughs> uh, gosh yeah that was a tough one dude that was a tough one we did bad on that one i told yeah. you it was too bold i told you i went too bold i knew it I well knew it. i knew i was going too bold i mean you know the guys who could hit home runs off Erlander, like judge and hicks aren't there so <laughs> man what a time to be alive our bold predictions way wrong our worst ones hey that's why they're bold that's what we do here yeah. uh thanks again for checking out the show here today we're not done we're done talking about baseball though because for only the second time ever stacy it's time to take a break from baseball when we come back back here on today's locked on yankees stacy steve steve stacy we talk about baseball all the time. And of course, you guys already know that SiriusXM hosts all the Yankees games this season with John and Susan on the call. You can catch this weekend set coming up against the Orioles on SiriusXM. All right, no more baseball. No more baseball. We all need a break. Look, like I said earlier, this is a stressful time to be a baseball fan. It always is. It always is. Whether you're a buyer or seller or whatever you are, if you're somewhere in the middle. Yeah. So as we've done on the show before, we wanted to do again. Last time we talked about TV shows, Stacey. Uh, but today on a break from baseball, I wanted to talk about movie franchises. And hey, I let you go first in the first segment and I let you go first last time. So mm. I think I think it's my turn to yes. start this. Yeah. If I if I can so so please. So my girlfriend and I have been watching the Mission Impossible franchise. Hmm. Which, so I had watched the first Mission Impossible a couple of years ago for the first time. It's fine. I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, the iconic scene, you know, Tom Cruise falls in and the sweat and the whole thing, right? It's fun. It's fun. Second one, terrible. My gosh. The second one is so bad. <laughs> the other night, we just watched Mission Impossible 5 Rogue Nation. So we're almost all caught up. We have to watch Mission Impossible 6. And then we're going to go to the movies possibly this weekend to go watch the new one, Mission Impossible 7. Mission Impossible 5, Stacey, is so good. That movie is so exciting and fun, and Tom Cruise crushes it. I mean, the movie opens with him hanging onto the side of a plane, and I was like, right away. Oh, that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, right away, <laughs> this is amazing. This is exactly what I want, and there's great stunts. The, the plot is a little convoluted. It's a little crazy, but I had a great time. I'm having a fun time watching all the – and this is the first time we've watched them all. Um, but I'm having a blast. I'm having an absolute blast watching the Mission Impossible movies, especially because you guys know I'm on the West Coast, so when the Yankees play, I'm usually watching them starting at 4 o'clock, then we record, and then I usually have a little time at the end of the day, um, and, you know, that's kind of, that's Mission Impossible time, you know, and that's just, it's just been fun. It's just, every time the, like, there, there's like a, like a script, I mean, obviously it's a script, but there's like a script for a Mission Impossible movie, which is like, it opens with some scene and some mission that has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. <laughs> right. It's fun. Yeah. And then the music comes in, the music's so good, the song is so amazing, and then it cuts back, and then there's something, and then it's like, your mission, should you choose to accept it? And you're like, oh, I'm all in, man. It's so much fun. Tom Cruise is crazy, and I love it. Yeah, he is really crazy, though. I mean, the man is like 60, and he's... Uh, uh, what's the what's it called oh god base jumping off like mountains and stuff and diving mm. off the burj khalifa and, and doing all these weird that was awesome that yeah. was awesome that was uh that was uh mission impossible 4 
Yes, I was like, because I was going to ask you, which one was the one where he like dove off the Burj Khalifa? If you don't know what yeah. that is, it's a building in uh, Dubai that's like 160 stories high. And uh, yeah, it's the tallest building in the world. Yeah, that's uh, was... Mission Impossible 4 Ghost Protocol. Yes. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. So three was good, too. Philip Seymour Hoffman crushed it in three. I miss him. He was so good. Yeah, crushed it. He was a good actor. What? Uh, what what uh, movie franchise are you a little gushy over or anything of that regard or like one that you absolutely hate do you have like a you're like oh i can't stand twilight or whatever oh no well okay <laughs> i made myself sit through the first 50 shades of gray movie just because oh no <laughs> and it was it was so bad it was so bad and i knew it was going to be bad because i read excerpts from the book which is terrible. And I don't know how it did so well because it's just really, really bad. Um, I don't watch a lot of movies, uh, movie franchises. I don't go to the movies a lot. I had a 10 year period where I didn't go to the movies. Uh, the last movie I had seen was Devil Wears Prada and I didn't go again until The Force Awakens. That was literally like That's nearly 10 time. years. <laughs> That's okay? a very long stretch. And when I say it was like a, someone coming out of a coma and seeing things for the first time, reclining seats, you know, getting full meals in the theater, uh, the soda machines where you can make peach soda and mix things. I was like, my friends were laughing at me because I, it had been so long since I'd been to a movie theater. It was really like I was uh, I was like a Han Solo in the Carbonite and I came out and I was like, wow, what is going on here? You know, uh, speaking of that, Star Wars is the one franchise that I've seen. I think I've seen every single movie. Yeah. Um, because the original Star Wars was one of the first movies I saw in the theater. My mom took me to see it in 1977. And uh, my crush wasn't on Luke Skywalker, wasn't on Han, Han Solo. I was two, nearly three years old, and my crush was on R2-D2. <laughs> oh, nice. I thought you were going to say Chewie. I was like, that's, that's fair. No, uh, R I loved R2-D2. I had a plushie of him uh, that... Yeah, it was pretty much a plushie. And then you press the nose and it went doo -doo 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 -doo, and oh, it's nice. up in the attic somewhere. But yeah, I'm a big Star Wars person. And so um, am I. You didn't even know that. We see this is why we do a break from baseball. Yeah. Uh, so we can learn, learn about each other. In fourth grade, fall of 1983, after Return of the Jedi came out, our substitute music teacher, Mrs. Minga, because our regular teacher was on her second maternity leave, Mrs. Von Vorm made us sing the Ewok song during our Christmas concert. And when I tell you, our parents were like, so we had to sing Yub Nub and we had to learn the Ewok lyrics and we sang it. And I'll never forget, cause I could see in the audience and see some of the parents in the front row and they were all like, are they really singing the Ewok song from Return of the Jedi? Why are they doing this? <laughs> That's bizarre. That is so bizarre. Yeah, I was at my 30th high school reunion last year, and I brought that up to one of my friends from elementary school, and he started singing Yub Nub. He's like, I remember. I'm like, oh, my God, Yanni, really? And he did. He sang it. It was, I remember the tune. I don't remember the lyrics. I remember. Very normal. Yeah. Very normal thing. Yeah. Uh, quickly, before we get out of here, what's the best Star Wars movie, in your opinion? Ooh, Empire. It's my favorite. Easy. I love Empire Strikes Back. Here we go. Controversial. Maybe mm -hmm. not. I think I've thought this over many, many times. Rogue One is the best Star Wars movie. Oh, yes. Okay. I would say 1A and 1B for me. 
is Empire and Rogue One. Rogue so One is so good. It's yeah, so, no, it was so, it's good. so good. I mean, I've, those I've rewatched last... recently, and I'm like, oh gosh, it's a, it, the build. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crushes it. I, Absolutely, I agree with it. that. Mm -hmm. uh, to confuse everybody in the comments, of course, we like doing our comment prompts here <laughs> on the YouTube side. But to confuse everybody in the comment section, because you stayed and watched the whole episode, tell us the best Star Wars movie down below. And don't say, hey, the best Star Wars movie is this. Just say the title of the movie. Yeah, just like. put the title in. Attack of the Clones everyone. or whatever. Yeah. So let us know down below what's the best Star Wars movie. Uh, and thanks for hanging out for a break from baseball. This is we just wanted to decompress. It's the middle of the week. Trade deadline. Subway series, Orioles, Rays this week. Like it's, it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot going on. So <laughs> a little break from baseball. Uh, thanks so much for checking out the show. Of course, you can drop questions for Fan Mail Friday when you're telling about your favorite Star Wars movie down below. And of course, you can join our subtext. All the information is in the episode description. On tomorrow, Fan Mail Friday. Don't forget it. Every Friday here, you guys run the show. Thanks so much for checking us out. Make sure to hit subscribe if you're new around here. And that's going to do it for today's Locked on Yankees. I'm Steve Granato. And I'm Stacey Gotsoulias. We'll see you tomorrow.